In Witch Bible, Part 1, we discovered that Satan has mounted a global effort to change God's words. This was his M.O. in the Garden of Eden, when he challenged God's words to Adam and Eve and said, Yea, hath God said, and it has not changed since. We discovered in Part 1 that the authorized King James Version of the Bible was and is translated by the world's greatest scholars, supported by the vast, vast majority of the original Greek handwritten manuscripts, thus the term majority text, supported by the oldest manuscripts, supported by manuscripts discovered in Greece, Constantinople, Asia Minor, Syria, Alexandria, Africa, Gaul, southern Italy, Sicily, England, and Ireland, versus the new translations derived from a reading found in only one limited area. The King James Version is translated from the Textus Receptus, which means received text. It has been the authority among the redeemed for over 2,000 years. But Satan is hell-bent on changing the words. Adding or subtracting from the Bible is changing God's words, and when one understands that all things are created out of God's words, changing them is a very bad idea. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Proverbs 30, verse 6, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. God said man said has received emails that state we spend too much time on minor issues because all the translations are the word of God. Keep in mind that Satan added one word and a question mark as he began his efforts to deceive Eve and destroy the souls of men. In Genesis 3, Satan said to Eve, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? When you remove hath and the question mark, the passage would read, Yea, God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Research conducted by G.A. Ripplinger compared the authorized King James Version, majority text, with the New International Version, minority text, and discovered. The NIV has 64,098 less words than the KJV. This omission of approximately 10% of the Bible reduces a typical 1,700-page Bible by 170 pages, end of quote. Fifteen entire verses have been omitted. In 2005, the gender-neutral Today's New International Version was published. The TNIV and the current NIV are presently being replaced by the updated NIV, of which nearly 5% of the text has been changed. Contemporary translations as a group have one thing in common. They tend to agree against the KJV in omitting thousands of words, phrases, and verses. They differ in thousands of places from the original. Basically, it's because they have one thing in common, Westcott and Hort. The two most popular manual editions of the Greek text today, Nestle's Allen and UBS, are really very, very little from the Westcott and Hort text. 
NIV, the New International Version, which has infiltrated the Christian ranks in dominating proportion, had its beginning in 1965 in Chicago. The translation was funded by the New York International Bible Society. Translators were selected from a long list of denominations, largely from the faculties of seminaries and universities. It was published in September of 1973. Of course, its foundation is the work of Westcott and Hort. The King James Version is fast becoming a thing of the past. There is a famine. First, let's address the idea that the NIV is easier to read than the King James, therefore justifying its existence. G.A. Ripplinger, author of New Age Bible Versions, noted an ease of readability formula by Flesh Kincaid. The Flesh Kincaid Research Company's grade-level indicator betrays the strictly black-and-white nature of the issue showing the new version's true colors. The KJV ranks easier in 23 out of 26 comparisons, end of quote. The first chapter of the first and last books of both the Old and New Testaments were compared. The average grade level required to understand the King James Version was 5th grade, 8th month. The average grade level required to understand the NIV was 8th grade, 4th month. The King James proves easier to read. Again, keep in mind that the success of contrary translations has an underlying motivation that is far more serious than most imagine. Remember, we are made out of words, God's words. Satan knows it. Therefore, from the beginning of time, he has attempted to change the words. There is a satanic conspiracy to change the words in order to destroy blood-bought souls and the way of escape. As in defense law, Satan's task is to plant a reasonable doubt and cast a shadow on the absolutes of God's word. Satan knows when there is doubt, the mountain won't move. Satan knows, as James records, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. In other words, your Christianity will not work when there is doubt. Satan is effectively creating doubt and confusion so he can become a counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist, and ultimately destroy the souls of men. There is a new religious teaching presently floating the earth called the New Age Doctrine, which is, not, which is not in fact new, but simply a type of Hindu theology. Remember, one day soon, the son of perdition will step into the temple and confess himself to be God. Satan wants to be like God. He needs a unified religious vehicle to take him there, a one-world religious mindset. New Age theology is attempting to draw the world together under the banner of one God, regardless of who he or she is, just as long as it is not the true God of the King James Bible and his Christ. The world is waiting for someone. Christianity is waiting for Christ and the great taking up of the church. The Jews await the Messiah. The Muslims await the twelfth Imam. The New Agers wait for one known as the One. Make no mistake about it. He is on the way. Consider some of the word changes in the NIV. These changes will make it clear that a conspiracy against the souls of men is afoot. Satan must change the words to make himself God, and evolution is taking place. Westcott and Hort's New Age translation, from which comes the NIV, totally omits entire passages and verses of God's Word. For example, the majority text King James states in Luke 11:2. 
When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But in the same passage, the NIV says, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Note in the NIV that the Father is no longer in heaven. New Age teaching instructs that God is in creation, such as Mother Earth, the trees, the rocks, in you, in me. The Hindu people place a red spot on their forehead, which denotes the deity within them. This NIV change fits perfectly. Again, in the same passage, the King James says, Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. The NIV omits it entirely. All of Christianity since its inception has prayed to the Father in Jesus' name because of verses such as John 14, 14. The majority text King James Version states, If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. The NIV writes, You may uh, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus commands us to pray to the Father and not to him. In John sixteen twenty six and 27, At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. Do you think making prayer requests incorrectly might have some, in, uh, some significance? Believers have a secret weapon against the devil that has phenomenal power to break down his strongest strongholds. The weapon is fasting and prayer. Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Westcott and Horde have expunged the record of this powerful weapon against the gates of hell. When Jesus was asked by his disciples why they couldn't cast out the devil's spirit, he replied to them in Mark 9.29, in the KJV he writes, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. However, the NIV states, This kind can come out only by prayer. Note that the secret weapon, fasting, is conveniently omitted by the NIV in Mark 9.29 and also in Matthew 7.21, Acts 10.30, and 1 Corinthians 7.5. Does it make sense that Satan would want this weapon to be destroyed? The Christian ranks have long warred against the devil's temptations using the example Christ Jesus demonstrates in Luke 4.28. The majority text King James Version reads, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The NIV reads, Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. Get thee behind me, Satan, is totally omitted. In the majority text King James, it reads in Acts 17.22, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Westcott and Hort's NIV reads, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Do you see any difference between the words superstitious and religious? In James 4, verse 5, the majority text King James records, Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? In the minority text NIV, we become victimized by God's own design. It reads, Or do you think Scripture saith without reason, That the Spirit He caused to live in us envies intensely? 
The carnal spirit that dwells in man is a product of man's sin and not God's design. And the NIV, God becomes the reason for man's sin. Hell is geographically located in the bowels of the earth. If you find that funny, take your shovel and begin to dig. After a certain depth, for every foot you dig deeper, the temperature rises. Geologists now claim that the center of the earth is hotter than the surface of the sun. Hell is a place of fire and brimstone, a place of eternal punishment which is finally cast into the lake of fire. There is no reprieve. Hell is a teaching which is central to deliverance. On one occasion, I asked an audience of believers how many gave their hearts to Christ to escape hell's fire. Seventy-five percent of the hands went up. The power to resist temptation is greatly enhanced by the fear of eternal hell fire. The majority text reads in Revelation 20, verses 14 and 15, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In a multitude of places, the NIV has changed the name of hell to Hades. For example, the NIV reads in Revelation 20:14, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Now, the definition of Hades and hell are dramatically different. The Assyrian culture introduced the idea of Hades as an intermediate state. They called it the happy fields. The Egyptian Hades was called a mente, a place of dreamless sleep. Note, dreamless sleep. You know from experience that if you're having a bad dream, it's almost like being there. So to make Hades absolutely harmless, the Egyptians defined it as a place of dreamless sleep. Does this new age hell sound like much of a deterrent to sin to you? Satan changes the word to destroy the souls of men. Satan creates confusion and doubt. Remember, he knows when then there is doubt, the mountain won't move. Buddha says no origin can be perceived. This teaching facilitates the concept of the circle of life. Wouldn't you know it, Westcott and Hort's NIV concurs over and over again? For example, the majority text King James says in Acts 15, verse 18, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. The NIV says that they have been known for ages. The example is not a remote occurrence. Buddha fits in right well. I think Satan's capstone of all changes is John chapter 3, verse 16. In the authorized King James Version, it reads, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In the NIV, his only begotten Son is removed and replaced with his one and only Son. First, God has many sons. Luke chapter 3, verse 38 which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Genesis 6, verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Job chapter 1, verse 6, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. The NIV's only cover in the sun issue would be that it capitalized sun, which has escaped nearly all. But the second issue is even more profound, and it's concerning the word begotten. Several years ago, a young brother was seriously considering the translation issue. He suggested what he had heard, that there wasn't really any difference in the translations, and they were all the word of God. To demonstrate this error, I asked him to take his NIV 
hold it above his head, flip it open randomly, and blindly point to a verse. He followed the instructions, and his finger landed on John 3.16. I explained to him the magnitude of the miracle that God had just performed. What were the colossal odds that not only would he have pointed to a verse sporting a major difference, but by my account, the capstone of Satan's deception. I explained that if Jesus is not the only begotten Son, the plan of salvation is lost. Consider the following verses and the Adam to Christ comparisons. Romans chapter 5, 11 through 19. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by that one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. 1 Corinthians 15.45 And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty two and 23. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. For every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Consider the Adam to Christ parallels. Adam, first and only son of God formed of the dust of the earth. Jesus, First and only begotten Son of God, born of the Holy Ghost and of the woman, thus called the Son of Man. Adam, sinless and immortal. Jesus, sinless because he is born of God, but mortal because he is the Son of Man. Adam, disobeyed God's commandments and sins as he followed Eve, loses immortality and sells his offspring to the curse of sin and death. Jesus Christ, sinless and obedient unto the Father, even unto the cross where he died to the flesh and redeemed or bought back from the curse of sin and death all those who call upon his name. It is here at the cross of utter obedience that Jesus Christ broke the back of Satan's argument with God and made a way of escape for the sons and daughters of Adam. This satanic argument is displayed in his conversation with God in the book of Job. Consider the following verse, Job chapter 1, verses 8-11. through 11. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? 
Hast not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Now, how about this one? Job chapter through, uh, 2, excuse me, verses 3, 4, and 5. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face." Satan's argument is found in the phrase, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Satan's position was, his argument was, that no man would go all the way, even unto death, to obey God. Note that the scriptures read that life is in the blood, and Jesus gave his very blood in obedience unto the Father to redeem the souls of men, destroying Satan's argument and spoiling the enemy of our souls. Again, some last two comparisons. Adam, by one man, Adam came sin and death. Jesus, by one man, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, came everlasting life. Adam returned to the dust in death, and his soul went on to judgment at the great white throne. Jesus Christ rose from the dead to sit at the right hand of God forevermore. Jesus Christ must be the only begotten Son of God and the Son of Man. He is not his one and only son. Satan is changing the words. I've just mentioned a few examples of doubt and deception regarding God's position in heaven, proper prayer to the Father in Jesus' name, the believer's secret weapon against Satan, fasting, warfare against the devil, superstitious becomes religious, man becomes a victim of God, hellfire and eternal damnation become a place of dreamless sleep. According to Westcott and Hort's NIV, the world never had a beginning. The plan of salvation is also destroyed. One final example is Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, where in the NIV, Lucifer experiences a name change from Lucifer to Morning Star, a name reserved for Jesus Christ himself. The King James writes, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? The minority text NIV writes, How you have fallen from heaven, O Morning Star. Son of the Dawn. Concerning the New Testament, G.A. Ripplinger's research points out that not only do the apostate minority text manuscripts, Sinaiticus and Vaticanus, disagree with the vast, vast majority, but they also disagree with each other. The 8,000 changes in B and the 9,000 changes in Aleph are not the same changes. When their changes are added together, they alter the majority text in about 13,000 places. The changing of God's words has literally demolished major foundational biblical positions. Satan is preparing to confess himself to be God. Westcott and Hort have helped to substantially prepare the way. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Beware of the scribes, the book publishers. This major satanic evolution is taking place right under our very noses. Satan must become God. Evil must become good, even as Isaiah the prophet prophesied. The Word of God declares of Satan in 2 Thessalonians 2.4, 
who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember, evil must become good in order for Satan's surrogate, the son of perdition, to become the false Christ the world will adore. Evil is evolving into good. God and his Christ have been thrown out of our schools. God has been thrown out of our government. If Jesus Christ came incognito and ran for office of President of the United States of America, he could not get elected. If Jesus Christ came incognito to 990 out of 1,000 of the world's confessing Christian churches, he would be thrown out of their pulpits. If that sounds ridiculous, think on this. Jesus Christ believes in the biblical record of a 6,000-year-old earth. That means no evolution of any ilk. He believes in blood redemption, which many churches refer to as slaughterhouse religion. Jesus Christ believes in speaking in tongues and laying hands on the sick and casting out devils. According to Jesus Christ, homosexuality and abortion are gross wickedness. Jesus Christ believes he is returning a second time to receive a blood-washed church unto himself in the clouds. Jesus Christ would not endorse the work of Westcott and Hort, the NIV, or the rest of their apostate kin. Jesus Christ believes that women should not inhabit the pulpits of his church. Jesus Christ teaches hell fire and brimstone. Jesus Christ did not teach unconditional love or a God of tolerance. Jesus Christ was not Mr. Milktoast. I hope you get the idea. Satan's demented desire is to destroy blood-bought souls. He has mounted a conspiracy to change God's words, which in turn will evolve evil into good and destroy the way of escape. 